Hey there, welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast brought to you by Focus Forward Media. We are a media production company here in Rhode Island and uh, this podcast is pretty new. Uh, this is our second episode here and uh, basically we're going to be interviewing creatives, entrepreneurs and freelancers about how they got to where they are and uh, what their life is like. So um, in this episode, we're going to be interviewing Cody Deleuze, a friend actually of producer Mike's and uh, looking forward to hearing his story and how he got to where he is. Yeah, and uh, Cody doesn't have his own business, but um, I personally still felt like he truly shows what it means to leverage your position in order to have a life that truly makes you happy. And I've known Cody for a long time. I grew up with him. So I knew when we had the opportunity to get him on the podcast, we had to take it because he looks at life a little differently than most people. He's also not around very often, so it yeah. was kind of uh, one of those moments you got to take it as, it as it comes. Yeah, I mean, he was in Rhode Island for a week. He showed up out of nowhere, um, yeah. just randomly was like, hey, here for a week. Uh, he's on his way to Columbia right now. Hopefully it's going well. I wish I was going. Yeah, I know. Probably a lot warmer than it is here. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so when we had the opportunity to sit him down, I was like, hey, come on to the studio and uh, let's let's do something up. So uh, we look forward to uh, to sharing his story. Um, before we get into the show, um, we're going to do our little pre-production segment here. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's just a little segment where Mike and I will bring up uh, some piece of news that's trending or something we find interesting, whether it be about tech or pop culture or business. Um, and uh, actually, I'm going to let producer Mike run this one. Wow. First. You know, it's about to say. You go ahead. You took you the, get first the first time one. last time. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I appreciate go it. Ahead. All right. So, um, you know, on the 24th, uh, Sunday. That's the Academy Awards. Uh, we had kind of a controversy with Kevin Hart where they invited him, oh, they disinvited yeah. him. And I was wondering if you could pick someone to host the Academy Awards, who would it be? And oh, by the way, disclaimer, God. we don't tell each other these stories before we go yeah, on Yeah, I had no idea. He, he told me he had a good one, and I, haven't, I had no idea. So this is, wow. Yeah, so um, uh, you had to pick one host. Uh, I have two. I have two just to be... Just, just to be clear, but uh, okay. Um, see what you got. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> he's just—he's one of my favorite actors. He's just hilarious, uh, and a lot of my friends think I uh, resonate him in Elf. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that comment? Uh, I don't really know. Yeah, hey, take it as you want it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of him, I actually heard his uh, Ron Burgundy podcast. Oh, I haven't heard that. Not to talk shit on other podcast hosts, uh, another podcast, but no good. It's terrible. Ah, I'll have to check it out. He's just too. uh, I think he's trying too hard. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I won't even listen to it. (laughs) I don't want to taint his name. (laughs) So I have two. I don't know if it's because the Super Bowl was a couple weeks ago. Last Mm -hmm. week was last weekend. Yeah, last week. You just can't remember time. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, I picked either Peyton Manning. Okay, and I know he hosted the ESPYS, which he was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um. And he had a bunch of Super Bowl ads where I thought he was great at acting. You know, yeah. he's good at making fun of people. Yeah, sure. But my number one uh, would have to be Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, okay. Because uh, he actually hosted the NFL Honors this year, and I yeah. was watching that. And, uh, you know, he's brilliant walking that fine line of what's too much and what's yeah. not. And yeah. face it, everybody loves Steve Harvey no matter That's what. True. So He's on Family Feud now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, has a, he has a bunch of shows. What's that show with, like, the little kids? Oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah! I know what you're talking about. Little big town or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought that he'd be uh, I th- thought that he'd be a great choice. All right. Uh, my article is about New York Fashion Week. Um, sort of about Fashion Week. Everyone here knows Kanye West. Uh, so I guess recently there was a scandal uh that someone uh, basically impersonated Kanye's assistant, 
and uh, stole $900,000 from a German designer. So um, there was a German designer who uh, supposedly worked out a contract with Kanye West. It wasn't really Kanye West, and it wasn't even really Kanye West's assistant uh, to have Kanye perform on uh, Monday night at New York Fashion Week. And it was a total fraud. And the guy just said, oh, yeah, but uh, we require a $900,000 upfront, uh, like basically a deposit. We should start charging that for our <laughs> <Yeah>. jobs. <laughs> $900,000 wire just, just as a upfront. And the guy believed it and wired it over to him. So now Kanye's signature has been uh, basically um, a fraud. <laughs> was a... Wait, Billy McFarlane's in jail, right? This wasn't... You don't think... This <laughs> has nothing to do with <laughs> Billy McFarlane. <laughs> Sounds right up his alley, though. It, yeah, right? Maybe maybe it is Billy. Maybe yeah. Billy is pretending to be his assistant. That's interesting. He's in the same jail as Mike the Situation, so oh, uh, who knows what they're cooking up. That's a that's a really interesting uh, group of people <laughs> in there. <laughs> uh, no, that's crazy, though. I mean... Yeah, so this guy fell for it and wired the money, and... Um, now there's nine hundred thousand dollars that supposedly came from uh, Kanye West. You think Kanye will re- uh, reimburse the guy? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of like how much nine hundred thousand dollars really is to him. I, Dropping I, the bucket. I imagine it's like maybe ten or twenty bucks to us. But uh, the designers got some. Uh, he's got some trouble ahead of him because now he has to get his money back. Yeah. He just lost nine hundred k. Yeah, it's more on his end. So, I guess we'll see what happens there. Hey, if uh, Kanye was a good guy. Hey, Kanye, I know you're listening. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. pay the guy back. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and so now we're going to get into uh, this interview with Cody. Um, and right before we get into that, a uh, little shout out. This interview was brought to you by Dev Hero. Dev Hero is a uh, local web designer and audio engineer here in Rhode Island. Uh, he builds amazing websites. Uh, if you want to go check out his, his work, his uh, website is dev-hero.com. Again, devhero, dev-hero.com. The goal of the show usually is to show people who've created their own business and the process that they go through to get there. Um, our guest today didn't exactly create his own business, but he has worked his ass off to get to uh, the position he's in now where he's allowed to live a life that lets him travel, see the world, and enjoy life in ways that a lot of people can't. From the Marines to a private contractor to some might say world traveler. So we have Cody here today to tell us how he made this happen. Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's thanks for coming. Here. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, tell us about Cody growing up. What was life like when you were a little kid? Oh, man. My uh, my life was, uh, you know, a pretty good life, pretty blessed. Um, as a kid, I was adopted when I was six months old, and uh, I actually got adopted into a great family. Uh, ended up growing up in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. Uh, spent my days, you know, like every kid that grows up on the water, sailing and catching crabs, doing doing dumb shit with his friends, you know. Um, typical then, Southern Rhode Island. Yeah, the right, typical Mike? the typical yachty, yeah, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, no, and then um, from then on, you know, I went through high school, horrible student in high school. My ADD <laughs> went through the roof. What was the GPA? Oh, the GPA. I think I got like a 2.3 or something if I was Damn. lucky. Wow. Hey, yeah. That's still <laughs> passing though, isn't it? Oh, I passed, baby. Somehow. Hey, D's get degrees <laughs> or at some point. Um, and uh, growing up there, so uh, my family was always kind of focused on going to college and all that. So as, you know, going through high school and doing horrible, um, I kind of, my mom definitely tried to push me into going to college. So I ended up actually getting into a URI, excuse me, URI. Yep. And um, 
yeah, that was an amazing feat right there. I'll tell you what. I think I got like a 975 on my SATs. Oh, so, wow. yeah, obviously I'm a genius over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, wait, 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 wait. Is a 975 good? I don't know how that <laughs> No, let's just go with that. I think the average at the time was what, like 1060 or something like that or 1080? Was no, the no, it was much higher. Was um, it higher than that? Yeah, because I got a 1470, Jesus, and even that was geez. low. It yeah. was out of 2500. I crashed my truck on my way to so. SAT. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you really? Yeah. Oh, my I God. Was, I was a little hungover. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so from then on, so I was, you know, you know, the typical URI student, I actually busted my balls and did somewhat decent during my first semester, um, pulling off a, a decent GPA. And then after that, I just thought I had the world by the balls. So I just went ahead and, uh, pretty much screwed off the next semester. And that was my shining crowning moment right there when I got a 0.5 GPA for the entire semester. Point, 0.5? Point 0.5. Point five. Point five. Okay. You gotta like try to get that. <laughs> That's hard. It was actually pretty impressive. My mom was just <laughs> highly impressed. So um, sure. <laughs> that's when it kind of my life kind of morphed and took a change, though. Um, on a serious note, I kind of had to go home. And at that point, you know, parents were, you know, helping me with college. So this, at this point, we had to come clean and kind of take a serious look in the mirror. And uh, at that point, I realized that what I was doing was just not the path that I needed to be doing. Um, right. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, I guess, in life, uh, college or whatever you want to do. You just need to be the most productive you can and be the best at what you can do. So at that time, I had my one of my great idiot friends, Tyler Miller. You know, he was... Shout out, Tyler. <laughs> at the same exact time, uh, he was doing the same thing at Penn State, although he kind of took more of a graceful bow than I did and decided to take a leave of absence. And we had gotten together one night. And he was talking about joining uh, the Marines. And um, it was one of those moments where I just said, fuck it. You know, I just needed to do something drastic to change my life. And kind of I needed discipline and guidance on yeah. what I was going to do. You know, it's one way to do it. Yeah, the, yeah, it's one way to do it. And uh, and Tyler said it the best way that you could possibly say. He said, fuck it. If you're going to do it, you might as well just do the best of the best and, you know, join the best group you can. And it'll be the yeah. Marines. So, wow. you know. What made you, I mean, you say they're the best of the best, but what made you pick the Marines over uh, all the other branches? It was definitely talking to Tyler about it. I would definitely say his enthusiasm for it. Uh, he was always gung-ho about that. Um, he was one of those guys that was always like, you know, Marine Corps, because, you know, he had cousins, and I, I believe one of his uncles was in the Marines or Navy, whatever it was. Yeah. But he always, always had this mindset of Marines. So yeah. it kind of... As corny as it sounds, the whole appeal of, you know, joining the best group and to be the best and the baddest would, mm -hmm. it just appealed to me. So that's, I didn't, I honestly never went into another recruiter's office, didn't even look at anything else. I just went right with him, right to the Marine Corps office and wow. signed, signed the dotted line right there. Damn. Yep. And then uh, that progressed into the four years. I just did a four-year contract with them. Um, many deployments. I think uh, within the four years, I think it was like three deployments between Iraq, Afghanistan, just constantly moving around. Uh, and a great experience. I, I can't tell you. That was probably the one thing that saved my ass. Um, I'd probably be doing nothing today, sitting on my ass at home, smoking pot, playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Which sounds like a pretty good life at the same time, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you got to make a living, though. <laughs> you got to make, yeah, you got to make a living. You got to have balance in life. So, um, yeah, it took me, that started to take my journey around the world. And that's how that kind of progressed into that. I finally kind of cut the cord with my parents, yeah. uh, moved to California, 
and, you know, just started realizing that, you know, it's not scary to leave home. It's not scary to see new things and new experiences. And it actually just was kind of the best thing that I could have done. Wow. Yeah. When you first went, what was the biggest, like, um, I don't know, almost like a, a crazy moment that was just like, holy cow, like this is real or, or you know. Oh, the culture shock? Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Oh, I can't even, uh, there's countless. Um, I would probably say uh, when I first, so right after we got off the bus, you step on the yellow footprints, which is like the iconic um, some, uh, symbol over there at Paris Island. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you literally, there's footprints and that's where they first show you how to how you should be standing. Right after that moment, you kind of walk inside and you're already tired because you're kind of off and you just don't know what's going on. Everything's just like loud, fast. And I think we're standing there in uh, this big red and yellow room and we're just kind of, they're taking all our stuff away and all this. And then they make us call our parents and it's all scripted, mind you. It's literally like a sentence, like two sentences on a thing. And I think right then and there when I called my mom and I was just like, this is it. This is for, wow. this is for real. How old were you Jeez. when you did that? Uh, I was 18 at the time. So yeah. yeah, yeah. My mom, she, she actually still remembers it to this day. And like literally I couldn't even hear a response. I just said my things that I made it safe and it was like click and it's over. And then it was just like at that point it was like, holy shit, here we go. <laughs> and then just nonstop for three months. So while you were on deployments, what were you uh, doing for the Marines? Uh, so the Marines, I was I, what they call landing support specialist. Um, I basically would do resupplies. Um, we would work either um, helicopters. Uh, we'd call, we call it HST or uh, helicopter support team. We would do sing, sling loads um, where you would like physically hook up. Think of it as like a big pouch and you'd hook it up to underneath the helicopter as it came down. It's like the fastest way to release supply throughout the uh, area of operations out there. So anything from, you know, beans, bullets, blood, whatever was needed at the time. So we just did that most of the time. And um, anything, uh, you know, other than that, too, you know, work, you know, logistics-wise, you know, taking, you know, uh, airplanes in, helicopters, whatever needed to be moved, passengers, and anything, really. Anything that had to be moved, we moved it. Cool. So from, uh, so from there, you know, you kind of leveraged your logistics to a little different career path. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so my job actually became. Um, I had worked various jobs. They actually break it down into different aspects. From um, so when I was doing it, it was actually for Pacific Architect. Um, it is a contracting group for. They handle mostly government contracts. Um, they do air transportation, and then they also do a lot of construction. Um, my job was more um, doing uh, air cargo. So I was in charge of doing moving any cargo, uh, checking it for. Uh, you know, air, uh, it would make sure it was airworthiness. It could go on the aircraft. Um, whatever had to be done, moved uh, to either physically moving it onto the aircraft and pushing things onto it um, or, you know, just doing all the paperwork inside, uh, load planning for aircrafts. Uh, it was just, it was a whole spectrum of things. And did you get that job by connections you made while you were over in the Middle East? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, it actually took me a while to break into the contracting business because as I was in the Marines and I was deploying so much, I had to, I met all these guys and let me tell you, these guys are like, when you're, when you're in the military, you just see these guys that come into the desert and you're like, who is this guy? He's just dressed in civilian clothes. You know, he's got his flannel on looking like he's living the best life, you know? (laughs) And when you know the rumors, you hear about all the money that they're making, you are like, how do I get into that gig? 
Um, and it's a small knit community. It's um, definitely one of those things you need to, when you work with them and you kind of connect with them and you talk to them about what they're doing and then they, they kind of see that you've been doing the same thing. And that's kind of how I bridged that gap. Um, from doing so many deployments. And then it finally, um, after I got out, it actually clicked and I actually was hired on. Um, before that, it was floor. And that was my first contract over in uh, Bagram, Afghanistan. Wow. Yeah, that place was busy. That was one of the biggest hubs uh, at the time for that whole area of operations. And that was when the Thai temple was still going on in Afghanistan. So it's... How long ago was that? That was the first contract. That was in 2014. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and so 2014 to 15. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been about five years of doing the contracting business. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's, it's been uh, always on the go, always moving, always changing places. It's ranged from to the mountains in Afghanistan to the deserts of Iraq to working over in Japan. You know, it's brought me all around the world and just different experiences. And it's, uh, it's been an awesome, awesome experience. And tell us a little bit about like the schedule of like how many days are you working or how many hours a day or is it does it vary? Is it just all over the place or uh, it varies from contract to contract for sure. Um, but my most my my craziest schedule was about 84 hours a week. So it was does that include gym time or no, no that doesn't <laughs> yeah. that does not include gym time. Cody's man. jacked, by the way. Definitely. It was Definitely not gym time. So all you had was it was literally you had 12 hours on and then 12 hours off. And then you worked eight days a week or excuse me, seven days a week, right. eight days a week, seven days a week. <laughs> it felt like eight days a week. <laughs> it felt like eight days a week, <laughs> seven days a week. And uh, you would basically do that for three months straight and then you'd get your month off. So basically wow. you would work, work, work. You just the most three uh, months, three months on. You wow. just work, work. And then finally you get a month off and you, that whole month. To some, it seems crazy, I guess, that work schedule, but it actually, to me, it kind of fits my life and it kind of fits my personality because yeah. I'll just give it all I got until I'm actually almost burnt out. And then yeah. I take that vacation and it kind of... And then that three months is like a huge recharge. Exactly. I'm, yeah. rechar I'm recharged with that one month. And I then I'm actually almost by the end of my vacation, I'm like almost ready to yeah. get back to work. You're like, all right, let's get yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it. yeah. That's like me, but on a on a much smaller scale. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I made me take like two or three vacations a year, but even yeah. if the vacations like a week yeah by like the last two days i'm like all right like gotta yeah. get back to work yeah wait to start yeah. working again yeah exactly because you always got to have that purpose and you always you yeah. know you want to be get back to work at some point so it's fun to take days off and just relax but yeah it's just uh yeah i don't know it's hardwired but i don't know how fun it is to take days off in the middle of the desert though <laughs> <laughs> you don't That's want true. you don't want days off in the middle of the desert there's what do you do there's literally nothing to do so uh and this last contract i was on i actually did work six days a week and then i had one day off okay and my day is literally the most boring day in the world. I literally will try to recoup any sleep that I can possibly can. So I basically spend yeah. that whole day sleeping. Yeah. And then I wake up and I do my laundry. And it gets really exciting after this. <laughs> then I go get food. And, I come, back, and then I come back and I Ooh. eat that food. Wow. And then I go right back to sleep. And then I'll, and I'll stick a gym session in there. That is the day. And that wow. is the same cycle for three months. And then I go on vacation. So that one month that you get, you know, and you probably just, you're dying just for that one month to go. And you're not stuck in the desert for that one month, right? You're able to go wherever you want. Oh, yeah. You want. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. That's like I as far as away from the desert I possibly can. Um, and that's the beauty of it, actually. So the companies do do well as far as benefits go and that they 
they supply you with a plane ticket pretty much anywhere in the world that you want up to a certain price. So it literally makes the world your your oyster or wow. and creates a smaller place for you because you can yeah. literally they fly you from Iraq or Afghanistan. They'll fly you to Dubai, put you up in a hotel in Dubai. So now you got a couple nights in Dubai while you you know you've already planned what your trip's going to be, but you take you know you take advantage of that. Dubai is a really interesting and neat place. Full. Of, Did you go? Oh yeah, I've done all the time, man. I want to go to Dubai so bad. Oh man, it's awesome. So it's like the melting pot of the world. Literally, you got every every culture there. You know yeah. the architecture, the 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 nightlife. It's just all of it. It's just is it as strict? As yeah, I was everybody say, I hear it's like, <laughs> as it is. Everyone, so, people say like, oh, you can't even take pictures of buildings. Like you, no, that's that's craziness. Yeah. But it is strict in that uh, it does have. It's really it's a weird concept there. So really, with the whole Middle East, um, excuse me. So the Middle East, the whole concept is it's a, it's really crazy because they do have a very strict uh, policies on like alcohol and yeah. you know, um, P, even as like PDA, you know, with really? men and women, yeah. So, but it's also because the way Dubai was created, it was a, a way for them, I think, to show off the Middle East and to bring Westerners over to the Middle East to have and enjoy it. So. The, the laws in itself are you have to be very careful when you're there in certain aspects. You know, yeah. if you're going to have drinks, you know, you have to be responsible. You have to stay within yeah. limits. You have to know where you are. You know, certain little things. You can't like, go to a club and get hammered and be stumbling out of there. You can go to the club and get hammered, and but then you stumble, you get stumbled. Make sure you get to a car, get back to your hotel. Like, you know, you don't be wandering down the street yeah. because the, yeah. in Dubai they will lock you up for that. Just don't make a scene. Just don't make a scene. That's all yeah. you got to do. Handle your shit. Handle, yeah. Hand, yeah, be an adult. Imagine that. that makes sense. <laughs> I, think I can do that. But yeah, no, uh, it's definitely uh, definitely not as crazy as people make it sound. You can definitely have a good time. They want you to have a good time. Um, every hotel has like a Maserati, Bugatti, uh, Aston Martin, Bentleys. They're all out front. Everybody there has money. So so if you're trying to go and be flashy and show off, then yeah. uh, Dubai is probably not the place unless you want to blow your whole bank account. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say, isn't that where they shot part of uh... – one of the Fast and the Furious movies, and yep. the Lamborghini or whatever flies out of one building and yep. into another. Oh yeah, pretty crazy. That sounds like every Fast and the Furious. Movie. <laughs> yeah, it's literally. Yeah, one that's through true. what eight now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you hit Dubai. Um, yep. that's kind of so that's like the hub. That's you're the hub. Going on to vacation. Exactly. And then you're able to go wherever you want, right? Wherever I want, man. Um, so how do you decide what you're doing, where you're going? Oh, I spent a lot of time researching it. Um, actually, it's like probably like my biggest, when I have downtime, that's probably what I spend most of my time doing. Um, I look at from where, you know, to what I actually want to do, what I'm looking into, if I'm interested in a certain culture, or if I want to save a little money by going to a certain place, or if I, you know, a lot of times, a lot, my biggest passion is the beach. So that's yeah. what I first go for. Like, I'm just what like- I always see on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> loving the beach uh, loving the beach man so um it, it's a combination of things um and i would definitely say between the five years my like the whole uh i don't almost call myself a travel agent at this point i'm not even <laughs> trying to sound cocky or brag or anything but it's just i spent so much time looking at certain deals and yeah. looking at where where's the best place to go at this time frame you learn a lot you definitely learn yeah. a lot you definitely make a lot of mistakes along the way trust <laughs> me i've taken a lot of long flights and i've Definitely put myself in like these crazy situations where I'm like, yeah, this probably wasn't the best time to go to this place. So, yeah, but yeah, no, it's just been an interesting experience the whole whole time, and it just keeps getting better every time. So, yeah. So, um, what are uh, 
Give us a couple of uh, good places that you've been. Yeah. Top places. Uh, Give def- us a uh, top three. Top three. Top three. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, actually, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Southwest Asia, I would say. Uh, Thailand was definitely one of my top experiences just for doing everything and how affordable it is. It's just amazing how far the dollar goes there. I also saw your uh, Nicki Minaj photo. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Oh, yeah. You got to love that. A little ladyboy <laughs> cabaret. Hey, man. <laughs> Only in Thailand. What's your What's your Instagram <laughs> so people can go follow you? Uh, you can definitely follow me. I'm at it's uh, at Deluse Seven or Deluser, excuse me, at Deluser Seven. I'm I'm new to this game. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking off air about uh about the Instagram game and how hard it is. Oh man, I can't even keep up these days. I was with like these guys from LA that are like 22. They're freaking doing the boomerangs, zoom oh, this, yeah. zoom that. I'm like, yo, how do I uh, tag you guys in this photo? <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, that's oh, funny. I was actually gonna ask you if you've been to Thailand because I've always heard that thailand's a really cool place oh man it's amazing and i I also hear it's very cheap there so cheap uh so the bot actually i think it's i believe it's like three three eighty two bot to one american dollar so wow just to put it in perspective basically your hotels are about you can spend like on a four-star hotel about thirty dollars a night at a four-star hotel because Um, there it's like 90 right there you go do that i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, another perspective would be the food. Like literally you can get amazing food right off the street for about a dollar. Wow. Yeah. Everywhere you go, it's either food and drinks are amazingly cheap That's and delicious. Now how's the hospitality there from the oh, locals? Oh, the Thai people are amazing. Yeah. They kind of live off of tourism. Is it, that oh, they definitely live off of tourism and they're just so welcoming and they want you to be there. Is and it safe there? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's relatively safe. It's, it's actually probably one of the safer countries to go to. Definitely for sure. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Um, for all you travel junkies out there, pay attention. (laughs) This is a good episode. You definitely got to be a little bit careful in Thailand with certain things, but it's just this, the normal stuff. Like you'll get pickpocketed here. Uh, they'll, you know, once in a while, some guys will try to run you on a, on a hustle scheme. But other than that, it's pretty relatively safe. You know, any, like any place, you know, it could be anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Stay out. It's just stay out of the back alleys, you know? And if you do, just make sure you got a couple guys with you and you'll be good. Once again, handle your shit. (laughs) Handle your shit. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so other two. What's the next? All right, so so that was top one. The second one would definitely be Japan. Japan oh, by far. Japan. Uh, Japan by far is the uh, the people themselves are the most polite people I've ever met in my life. So respectful. The the culture is amazing. The food's amazing. Uh, absolutely beautiful. From anywhere from up in the mountains of north and Shiriki to down in Okinawa, the Tokyo and South is yeah. absolutely insane. So I always wondered um, about the language barrier. Uh, do they know English or is it? Uh, or do you so kind of understand most Japanese? most countries that they have most countries they learn English. So and especially in our generation, so uh, it hasn't been too bad. Japan was a little bit of a struggle. They definitely do not speak it, but with technologies these days, it's it's just easy enough. Yeah. I literally use Google Translate. I I used it with my grandmother the other day. She doesn't speak any English, and I used it to talk to her. So wow. it's. Definitely, like technology there's, these days. Yeah, technology. It just, it Crazy. just. There's no gap anymore. I yeah, mean, right. there's no excuse why you can't go to somewhere. And plus, you have the international language of pointing at things. So you also have the world <laughs> in your pocket. You have everything you need right at exactly, your man. You don't have to worry. Siri, about it. translate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's no problem whatsoever. Um, and then everyone's like always. And one big question that I always get from people, and they always wonder because everybody wants to stay with the technology um, yeah. for sure. Um, you, if you do, I suggest it always get an unlocked phone and you just get the SIM cards there. Literally, yeah. I went to Cambodia, got a SIM card for $4 for four days, oh, wow. 4G network, no worries. You just go wherever you need to go. 
Uh, big shout out to Google. I'm about to jump on there. I'm really excited about this one. It's the Google Fi. So oh, they, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I'm excited that. for that. So I'm about to test this out in Columbia Oh, next yeah, because week. they put it on iPhones. They used to not be able to get it on iPhones. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's going to be a worldwide sim. So I'll never Jeez. have to worry about it again. So I'll literally be able to talk. Yeah. Pretty much, I think it's almost in every country except for like like three or four that, you know, obviously don't are not even ready for that. So. Google's yeah. winning. Yeah. Yeah, you're so. not vacationing there. <laughs> We're not going there. What's it like tipping in Japan? So actually, Japan, it's actually pretty interesting. They actually do not tip there, which is amazing. They That's act, customary. It's, cus- it's, it's their culture and customary. Um, they find it disrespectful. So actually, it's disrespectful ah. to tip there. So if they believe this was is... Was that a- tough to get used to? It actually was. I actually got drunk a couple nights, and I was at this amazing bar, and yeah. these amazing ladies that were like the nicest people I've ever seen. Right. And I just wanted to give them a tip because right. we're so used to that in our right. culture. Right. Oh yeah, of course. You know, and it literally they had to like shoot me out of the bar after. Do they understand though? They understand. Yeah, they understand that they we're Americans. From, right. Yeah, exactly. But the the whole That's point wild. behind it is this is what I find amazing about the Japanese culture is that they produce a product for you, whether it's a cheeseburger from McDonald's or yeah. say you know whatever they put on a la- uh, elaborate party for you. Yeah. The product that they give you, they wanted to symbolize the best that whatever they made, no matter who it is, what it's for, they want to give you the best product for it. So they believe whatever you paid for that product, that is the price that they deemed it at. So that's why tipping is just, it's disrespectful in their culture. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. All right. Number three. Ooh, number three. Tough, tough. Yeah. Um, Probably this last time when I went to Belize, Belize was by far. I'm not, I think Belize is great. Shout out Donald. Shout out to Big D over there in <laughs> Belize. Yeah, so I've been trying to get to Belize for a while because we have uh, one of our best friends growing up. It was actually adopted from Belize. And he used to talk about how beautiful the water was and how amazing it was. And so finally, after 10 years of uh, trying to get down to his hotel and get a, get the group to go down, I said, screw it. And I went down. I'm going to go myself. <laughs> I'm going to go by myself. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. From the jungles, um, we went down uh, all over the jungles, seeing jaguars and just, you know, everything over there. We went through cave dive or cave, um, what do you call it? Just, you know, cave tours, uh, yep. the ATM. Wow. Freaking un- unreal, dude. Just seeing like actual Mayan bones and all that. How long were you there? Uh, Belize was 10 days. Oh, okay. That's a good amount. Yeah. Of time. Yeah. So it was, it was a decent amount of time. I had, yeah. to, I had to break up the whole entire trip was this was my last trip that I just took and I took a month off. So I had to, as a, a month actually sounds like a long time, but when you're trying to do, you know, as you much know, as you can, exactly about sure, four or yeah. five countries and the amount of traveling time it takes, you got to, yeah. you have to condense things. Yeah. Because all those time. international flights, I mean, they're like a day in themselves or more, just, oh, just flights, right? To get down to, so my first leg was Baghdad to Dubai. And I spent a night in Dubai, Dubai to Germany, or excuse me, sorry, Dubai to uh, Czech Republic at the Prague, spent a night in Prague. And so like how long are those flights? Uh, or are those it, ones not long? Those ones range. When you're doing anywhere from like the Middle East it's, uh, to Europe, it's about eight to nine hours. Um, wow. and, then, and then from Europe, where I was in Prague, I went down to Cancun. Cancun was another uh, 12 hours, I think, to get there. Spent a night in Cancun and then took a puddle hopper over to Belize finally. Belize was actually the hardest country to actually fly into, into from, yeah. from where I was. Yeah, it's very hard. Their international airport is very small. So that was one of those... One of those challenges that I learned on this trip definitely about trying to figure out flights and where you're going to. So, yeah. So, right now is in between jobs or in, on vacation or what? So, actually, right now, yes. I just uh, I actually am in between jobs. I just accepted another offer letter from um, another company, AAR. So, it's one of the beauties of contracting, too, is that you can definitely 
go and and try out different companies and as a, as you work longer in the business um you find better companies and better contracts and uh it opens up more doors so gotcha. that's definitely one of these times right now where i'm um I'm lucky right now where I, I've I've got onto this new company and I'm excited for it. But uh, it also it was a, it was more of a surprise too um, with the timing because when I actually received the offer letter, I was actually I, th- I believe I was in Cambodia where I was I was in Cambodia on vacation or working on vacation, on vacation okay. and I actually was doing the contract, signing them out there at my hotel in Cambodia, getting yeah. everything ready to go. And then uh, so when I got back, I had to uh, pack my things and get ready to go and come back home. So this is actually kind of a little surprise vacation for me. So oh, okay. it works out great. Cool. You know, I got some time home because, you know, it's been a while since I've been home. Yeah. Um, I, know, I think the last time I saw you was, uh, I think, August or July. We were in our last office and yeah, yeah. it was oh, hot yeah. as we hell were, out. <laughs> we, went to, we went to Whiskey Republic, Whiskey had a Republic. few drinks on the water. That's there. Nice that was a good day. I, yeah. I enjoyed that. That was man. the last time I remember. I missed the summer, man. I know. Me too. It's good yeah. to see you guys. Fuck again. this cold weather. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck, man? But yeah, no, it's crazy. Like. I mean, I haven't seen you. I think that was the last time I saw you as well. You know? Yeah, I mean, exactly, man. It's just like you're always going, I feel like. And I think now that you're stepping up the Instagram game, it's easier to follow you around. <laughs> yeah, you can just, Before, yeah. it's like, where the fuck's Cody? You know, what's he doing? <laughs> follow me at Add to Loser 7. <laughs> yeah. Give him yeah. a follow. Now we can yeah. keep tabs on you. There you go, man. You can always find me, especially with the technology game, man. Yeah. It's just not... It's not hard to find where I'm at, what I'm doing. So, so Mike, Mike was saying that this is your last night here. Uh, yeah, this is going to be my last night here in Rhode Island. Um, all right. After this, I am heading over to Boston and then where I'm catching a flight over to Columbia for like four days. Is that vacation or work? Vacation, but okay. Yeah. So I had to capitalize (laughs) on a common theme going on. If you haven't catched on, it's all about the travel. uh, Do you get those kind of, um, these opportunities for these new jobs because of your experience and the contracting, they know that you've been through a certain amount. So now you're you know, you're capable of handling this new responsibility? Yeah, I would definitely say it's definitely through uh, experience and and working for a while. And uh, you work with a lot of different agencies and different military units and all that. And um, you kind of work with and you work side by side with other companies as well. So you kind of you're right when you when you start working for so long and um, they start actually people start noticing what you're doing or how you're doing it, it definitely opens up doors for you and you can make you know, make your own career decision wise, you know, you never have to be limited to what you started doing or whatever. You can always branch out into certain other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have downtime. A lot of guys will also take opportunity to do college work and all that, which all opens up doors. These companies yeah. also have, you know, a lot of stateside jobs too. So a lot of guys take that avenue too, where they kind of work themselves into, you know, building up their degrees and then working for a company for a while and then sliding in, coming back to, you know, the United States and, you know, being a normal working guy yeah, you know so not on that yeah, uh, 84 yeah. work hour schedule right, so, right. but do you do you kind of like being out of the country and doing the work outside the country or would you could you see yourself coming back i think one day i could see myself getting rooted again um yeah. right now i just i'm just caught up in the whole i i always love being on the go i love a new experience yeah. i love a new chapter uh whether it's a new country working in or you know, being in uh, a certain area, not that, you know, the areas are the best places to be, but something always interesting might yeah, happen. Yeah, something new and you're learning. Exactly. And, yeah. and so. I think for, you know, like I've known you for a while now, yeah. and I think you're, the type of personality you have really goes hand in hand, I think, with your job because... I mean, you can talk to anyone. You can make anybody like you. I think you have a very personable. Um, Aww, yeah, look no. at Mikey. He's getting all soft. Getting all here. soft, but Aww. I think getting all sad. But I, I really do think like that plays a huge part because someone who is more reserved is going to go to these places and not experience what you've experienced. Yeah, Th- yeah, that's true. You definitely get put into to situations where you know, like my last job was actually 
you know, also working too with doing the, the air side was actually a lot working a lot with like Iraqi immigrations and, and customs officials. And, you know, I grew, I built great relationships with those guys. I yeah. mean, if you talked to me like nine years ago, I would have been like, I'm never going to talk to an Iraqi. And I yeah, actually have, right. a, I have a ton of friends now that are Iraqi over there. They're amazing guys. You know, um, it brings you to different places, different cultures. You know, I mean, literally the base I was on had Italians, Germans, Polish, I, you know, the Iraqis worked on the base as well. You had so many different cultures, you know, you go one night, you'd go over and have pizza with the Italians and the Spanish yeah. would be there, you know, wow. have a little wine, you know, Sounds the experiences cool. are amazing. And the yeah. people that you meet is just in that little, that area, actually a crazy story that happened uh, about a couple months ago. I was, um, I was helping the Portuguese. They had just came in. And the Portuguese were having a little trouble with their uh, their visas to get into the country. So yeah. we were we were t- you know helping them out with the uh, the immigration officials. Um, and I turned to the guy, and actually the guy that was there, he had actually grown up down the street from my father. A little backstory: my father is actually from the Azores. He's uh, oh, he's an immigrant okay. that came over. Wow. And uh, this guy who was out there in the middle of Iraq was from the same island, the same village as my father. He actually used to That's steal wild. oranges from my grandfather's tree in the Azores. <laughs> what are the chances? It's, huh? it's wow. crazy, man. It's just amazing how many different cultures are there and everything that's going on. So the world is definitely smaller than we yeah. all think. You know, it, it definitely shows you that. It's funny because I was about to make a quote about how the world is so big and you're seeing it. But yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> It's oh, all a matter of perspective, dude. man. It's yeah. all a matter of perspective, dude. That's crazy. All right, so give us one crazy travel story that you got. Oh, God. After that one. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besides, like something that... Like, <sighs> Jesus. Uh, either opened your eyes to something. Or yeah, just, maybe eye Or just a crazy some, fucking... Something I, well, scary. I mean, I'm just going to say Thailand. I mean, Thailand is definitely blowing my mind in so many different ways. I also. mean, between the ping pong shows and the culture. I mean, I went to my first Ladyboy cabaret show. That was definitely an eye-opener. I met Nicki Minaj. He Did was, you really? Oh, yeah. yeah check check th- out his Instagram. Check out my Instagram story. You'll see it. I'm on, <laughs> I think they're joking with me here. Oh no, Nicki Minaj Nicki live Minaj. in person. She was dropping, she was dropping that hot fire over there at the uh, Lady Cabaret show. But uh, I would have never done that in a million years, and uh, it was some the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. What made you go and do that? So it was actually part of the tour, and we actually had um, we, our tour guide uh, Talia. Shout out to Talia at Kentucky. Um, she was in love with the, the Lady Boy Cabaret show. She was ranting and raving, and we're all over there like, ooh, I don't know, that's kind of weird, like, whatever. I'm going to tell you, we went there. It was absolutely the funniest, most fun show I'd seen in a long time. Uh, it was a great performance. They lip-synced all these crazy songs. Um, the dancing was hilarious. They, the, the girls were funny as I could, you know, I was laughing my ass off the entire time. Yeah. Uh, it was just a great time altogether. So. so you just have an open mind no matter what going into anything you got. And, you know, I think at, at this, this point, point, I feel like you have to, right? at, at this point in my life, I mean, you know, you always gotta, you know, you know, you have to respect other cultures and respect other things and, you know, be open to things, you yeah. know, it doesn't mean you have to always agree with everything, sure. but you know, definitely respect someone's different point of view. And, uh, you never know what you might learn or might see at yeah. this point. Right. Um, that was definitely probably one of the craziest experiences I've had so far. Or and how old are you now, Cody? I'm 29. 29 oh, now. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be 30 pretty soon. Oh, man. The big 3-0. Jeez. So, yeah. Do you feel old? I do feel old, man. I was literally like <laughs> taking like 8 million naps on the last trip I did. Uh, all these like 22-year-olds are like running around in circles, staying up at 3 in the morning, and I'm over here at like, you know, 11 at night, like I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in the morning. That's funny. 
Um, hang on, I'm trying to see if I can find this photo for you. I'll let you, I'll let you find the ladyboy. Yeah, let me find the ladyboy picture for him. Yeah. All right, there we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mike uh, seeing Nicki Minaj right there. Oh my God. <laughs> oh she was amazing. Uh, she or he? Uh, we don't know at this oh, point. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, as long as you enjoyed it. Hey, you know, it was a great, great show. Great show. So uh, sliding back to your work side, um, I mean, I think your work life gives you a great opportunity to do all these things and experience all this stuff. Do you think it's worth it? Uh, the amount of work you put in, like I see how much you put in every single day and even just going off what you do. Do you think it's worth putting in those three months to get that one month off to go and do whatever you want? For my life and what I want out of what what makes me happy in my life, I absolutely think so. I wouldn't be doing it this long that I, I absolutely love it um i love what i do and, and it's not even just the one month off and doing all the travel and all that um yeah. i love going in and doing contracting and um still keeps me close to the military uh still gives me a sense of purpose you know we're still out there we're still trying to make sure people get what they need we're still trying to you know take care of the troops out there as, as corny as it might sound i love going into work and trying to solve a problem um i think that's my like i that's how much i love logistics and doing all that um i love going in and we have these oddball problems that we need to get this to there and in, in the most uh, remote areas of the world where we're trying to figure out how we can do this and we coordinate with the military and doing all that. And uh, definitely love that side of the job. I definitely love that purpose. When do you go back to work? Uh, so as of right now, I'm going to be training down in Florida for a little bit. Um, don't really know the specifics on it yet or how long it's going to be. So I, I, I assume I'll be back out um, over at the embassy in Iraq in about maybe a month. Oh, the okay. Latest. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's cool to see how you leverage work with, um, you know, the fun side of things. Yeah, you have to. I mean, that's it's the, it's the balance in life. We all, you know, like we were saying, you know, we, you want to always work and do your best and give the best out to the people that you can. But you also have to balance your life and have right. fun and take care of yourself. That's the biggest things, I think. Um, make yourself happy. Um, find out what you love to do. Definitely, you know capitalize on those passions and uh and at the same time your work will reflect that at the same you know you know if you're happy your work's gonna be happy yeah that's and I think corny as hell but <laughs> yeah it's and, the truth man and everyone's different with balance you know like your balance is this work for three months straight 12 hours on 12 hours off or whatever the schedule is now and then you have a whole month off where some people just couldn't do that exactly they, their their balance is monday through friday and then the weekends and then school vacations, you know, it's like a teacher life or nine to five. And then, you know, there are two vacations a year. Exactly. I think, I think work and how you do things, I think life in general and how you do it, there's no book. I I think it's so funny how I read all these like books about how you should have a relationship or how you should have, how your work life should be. Yeah. I think it's all about just finding who, who you are, how you're the most productive you are and capitalizing on that. If you work the best through midnight to freaking 6 a.m. in the morning right, yeah then work midnight to 6 a.m. in the morning and figure right. out some way to do that if yeah. you work best by doing working at home for two hours and then sitting in your robe i'm jealous of you because i cannot <laughs> be productive like that but you know what that's what it's all about you know yeah. you have to figure out how you work and how you do things yeah and definitely capitalize on that and there's that's, no rules on balance of work life no not at all man however it works best yeah and i for think you. to tie it all in you know it goes back to you're expected to go to college. You're expected to do this stuff. 
and you you know you took the other route and you decided that you like that a lot better or you realized right. that you like that a lot better i realized through many mistakes my friend many mistakes <laughs> lots of money lots of time wasted but at the end of the day they're actually excuse me not wasted because at the end of the day they were all great life lessons that mm-hmm. i learned how i am how i work and what i wanted to do in life as far as figuring out my careers and what i wanted to be or where i wanted to be in life yeah, yeah. And i feel like you have to fail in order to to reach your end goal. Like oh yeah. You times. have Absolutely. to fail. You have to yeah. fail. You have to pick yourself back up. And that is, that's it's it, just man. lessons. It's not even failing. No, it's just yeah. learning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely for sure. And, uh, I think that's the best part about it. You know, honestly, you know, you definitely have your lows and lows. You know, I've been yeah. in my low points where I, I, I'm almost lost and I can't figure out what I'm doing. And then, right. you know, you come around at some point in life and it all, it all just makes sense at the end of the day. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Cody, uh, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, All right. Appreciate it. Love uh, hearing the story. So let's go celebrate that last night in Rhode Island right now. I like it. <laughs> I'm digging out. it. Let's go, go get out. Some drinks. That's what I'm talking about. I know Tyler's waiting right now, so he's getting Nancy <laughs> over there at the bar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, once again, uh, it's the loser. Can you spell that out? It's going to be uh, at the loser seven. Uh, D A L U Z E R seven. Cool. And that's on Instagram. Yep. Yep. And you can me. follow us on Instagram. At Up In Your Biz Pod. Uh, we'll be posting pictures and uh, clips there once we start doing that. Um, next week, we will have Matt Celeste from Blue Flash Photography. And uh, looking forward to having him on. So we'll see you guys next week. Subscribe and um, pass this along to your friends. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Peace. Take care of business. <laughs>